Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Lift your hands all over the building this morning. This isn't a house of miracles because this is remnant. This is a place and a house of miracles because Jesus is here today. So, Father, we lift our hands to you right now, and we thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We honor you in this place today. You are worthy to be praised. Church, I want to give you an opportunity to thank him today. I I, want to give you an opportunity. God, I thank you today for saving me, God. I thank you, Father, today for filling me with your spirit, God. I thank you today for rescuing me. God, I thank you for for what you... You've done that I know about, but God, there's so many things I don't know about. There's so many things that you spared me from, God. There's so many things you kept me from, God. I shouldn't be here today, but God, you made a way. You made a way of escape, God. There's things I know nothing about, God, that you made a way out of no way, God. And I thank you today. I bless you today. Come on, somebody open your mouth and give God a shout. Open your open your mouth and give God a shout. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, church. May, may the Spirit of God loose our mouths and our hands and our feet to worship him. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our praise. You say, well, Pastor, it's emotional when I open my mouth and I shout like you do. Or yeah, It's emotional. Well, yes, it is emotional. God, give me these emotions. And I can be emotional about a lot of things, but I have found not one thing to be emotional about more than Jesus. He makes me cry. He, he, I, I want to raise my hands to him. I want to open up my mouth to him and shout with a voice of trial. I want to do these things. Is it emotional? Yes. But it comes from a deep place of gratitude and a deep place of thanks. I can't stay shut up. I can't stay quiet. I can't stay reserved. When I think about what God has done for me, does that make me Pentecostal? No, it makes me a child of the King. This ain't about Pentecost or denominations. It's about praising God. It's about thanking Him for what He's done in our lives. What He wants. I'm telling you, there's nothing he will do greater than saving your soul. And if he'd done nothing after that, he would be worthy of all our praise, of all our glory. But that ain't, hey, he don't stop there, does he? Did he stop there? No, he doesn't stop there. He's a God of provision. He's a God of wisdom. He's a God of guidance. He's a God of deliverance. He is a God who provides for his people. He's a God who loves us. 
answers our prayers. He's worthy. He is the God who is, who was, and who is to come. I've got a reason to praise Him today. I praise Him when I look back over my life. He is the God who was. But I praise Him today because He's the God who is. He's working in my life right now in this moment. Whatever situation you find yourself in, He is the God who is right now in your situation. Oh, but He's not only, He doesn't stop there. He is the, he is the God who is to come. He's in my past. He's in my past. The evidence of his goodness is all over my life. He's in the past. He's in my present. Skyla, he's in my future. Do you hear me? He's in my future. I said he's in my future. Ear has not heard. Eyes have not seen what God has prepared for those who love him. He's in my future. I'm not fearful. I'm not worried. I'm not scared. I don't care what they say. I know this God who done it for me in my past and who's with me in my present, who's already stepped into my future. Work, working everything out for my good. Well, lift your hands one more time all across this building. Julio, take these. Lift your hands all over the building. Father, now I thank you. For the next few moments, speak. Speak to us today. Oh, God. Stretch your hands toward this pastor who's in need of the anointing today. Oh, Father, I pray that you'd anoint me, God, that it'd be my mouth, but your words, my mind, but your thoughts today. I have nobody to please but you. Father, may I say what you'd have me to say, nothing more and nothing less. When you're done, may I be done. Anoint me today. God, I pray that you'd anoint this church. Church, lay your, lay, lay your hand on yourself, on your heart, over your chest right now. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, I pray that they would hear your word and apply it to their lives today. God, that the miracle of your word would do something in their lives today. Stir them up, God. Father, there's people in here who aren't saved today. They don't, they, don't, they don't have an intimate relationship with you. Oh, God, today, unveil their eyes today. Speak to them. Cut through the calloused heart. Oh, God, may the gospel speak to them and may they receive it with joy today. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this house and what you're going to do in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen, amen. Can you give God one more hand clap of praise? Thank you, musicians and singers today. God bless you. Be ready for the altar. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Proverbs chapter 28. Rather, 29, excuse me. Proverbs chapter 29, and I want to look at verse 18. We're going to continue this series today that we started last week. The title of this series is called Next. Next. Here's the truth, y'all. 
I told you God is in your future, right? I told you he was in your past. He's in your next. He's with you right now. And, and, and here's the issue. The issue is it's hard for us to get past. We're trying to work in our now. We're trying to just get through the now to not even be able to think about the next. But I'm telling you, there is a next for you. There's a new thing that God wants to do in your life. There's a new season. There's a place of blessing for you that he wants for you. It's next. The best days of this church are not in the past. They're next. It's coming up. Do you understand what I'm saying? For your life, next. You say, well, what if, what if, what if next is death? <laughs> well, that's going to be amazing too. Do you understand what I'm saying? Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, there's a next for you. A next. This series is about regaining vision. There's a lot of things, and I don't want. I got a great temptation to try to preach what I preached last week, because some of you wasn't here. But I can't do that. But I am going to recap some things we talked about last week. As we talked about vision. When I talk about vision, hear me, I'm not, I, I'm not talking about sight. Sight and vision are two different things. Anybody hot in the house today, say amen. Anybody wish they'd turn on the air conditioner, say amen. How about somebody make that happen? Who do I have to rely, who do I have to call on? There's a thousand people in here that could do that. Not really, but at least a hundred. All right, thank you. If there's an extra gear in that thing, the fast one, that'd be nice. All right. Today I want to talk about vision. I'm not talking about sight. You can have great sight and terrible vision. Sight is what you see with a natural eye. It's what you turn on the news and you hear. It's what you can touch. That's sight. And there's a lot of things going on in our world that will hinder our God vision, the vision God has given us, the, the snapshot of, of, of not all the details. Some, uh, how many of you know God doesn't give you all the details of your life? He doesn't. Come on, somebody. If I, and you don't want to know. You think you do, but you don't want to know all the details of your life. It'd scare you if you knew every, every turn and every detour and every season that looked like it was over, but it wasn't over. I don't know about you, but how many have said in this church, I don't know how I'm going to make it? Anybody ever said that? I don't know how I'm going to make it, or I think it's almost over. Well, I, I'm going to give you a reason to shout. Do this. Go, <sighs> you just took a breath. I don't know when that season was, but you made it out. You made it through because God helped you with that season. Amen? The truth is, there's a lot of things that hinder God vision. What, 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 what do I mean when I say God vision? I'm talking about the ability to see the plan and purpose of God for your future. You say, well, does somebody have to speak this over my life? Does somebody have to prophesy this over my life? Does God say it out loud over my life? Well, let's start here. God has given us the words of eternal life, and if you'll read it, you'll see there's a plan for you. 
There's a plan in your life for your life. God has a future for you. It's laid out in his word. These are the words of eternal life. The the, the, the disciple, the apostle told, told Jesus, Peter said, Peter said, uh, the other disciples had left, the followers had left, and Jesus said, Peter, are you going to leave too? He said, where will I go? Jesus, you are the one who has the words of eternal life. You want to hear God speak? I hear people say, I want God to speak to me where I can hear him. Well, I dare you just to open up your Bible and read out loud, and you'll hear God's word speaking to you out loud. Amen. God has a plan for us. Vision is not all the details. It's like a trailer to a movie. When I used to do book reports in school, y'all don't do them this way. But I I used to read the beginning and the end. I had a vivid imagination. I'd read the first chapter, the last chapter, and I'd make up the in-between. And if the the teacher didn't read the book, she didn't know. I told you don't do that, y'all. Children don't do that. Here's the deal. We don't have all the details, but it's like a trailer. It's a snapshot. This God vision is the ability to see plan and purpose, the plan and purpose of God for our future. But here's the thing. We're living in a hostile environment, a hostile spiritual environment that wants to affect our God vision by what we see, by what we hear, by what we we listen to, by the broadcast, the news, the all that, it can affect COVID, can affect your vision. The divorce can affect your vision. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The, 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 the loss of that loved one can affect your vision. The backsliding of your teenager or your, or your, adult, or your adult child can mess with your vision. It can blur your vision. The environment can mess up your vision. And today, I'm not talking about getting new vision. Today, I'm talking about regaining the vision that God gives you. You know what I've learned over my life in serving God and leading a church and being in ministry? I, sometimes I have to go back to the last thing I know God told me to do. When I don't know what to do, and I, I'm looking and the sight has, has, has jacked up my vision and blurred my vision, I have to go back and say, well, what did God tell me? What's the last thing I can hold on to in God's word? What was, the, what was that last time God spoke to me in a devotion? And he, he, he opened my eyes and I knew that something miraculous had taken place. That It wasn't just reading a devotion that day. It wasn't just reading my word. God spoke to me that day. I have to go back to that. This morning what I am submitting to you is this. If we're going to move forward, if we're going to move forward, if we're going to move from the now to the next, we've got to go back. We've got to go back. See, when your vision is blurred, think of a man who's blind. Think about when they've just, maybe they've just they've lost their sight. Living and surviving is hard. Can, and, and just picture them how they would go through their home or go through grabbing at different things and trying to make their way. And that's how we do when our vision is blurred. If we're not careful, we'll grab hold of something. Something just because it's new. Mm, I'm going to preach now. It's a new, it's a new, hey, somebody's showing me attention. Oh, it's new. It's got to be God. No, it may be the devil. Come on, somebody. Somebody's in your inbox. It may not be good. Come on, somebody. Somebody just sent you a Snapchat. Some people, you need to find that Holy Ghost block button. Help me, somebody. Everything, 
Everything new in your life ain't God. Everything good in your life ain't God. Do you hear what I'm saying? And because your vision is blurred, here you go through life grabbing at everything just because it's new. I'm telling you right now, just because it's new doesn't mean it's God. Today, I think the way forward is to go back. To go back. Now, I've got the task of making this personal to you and making it general uh, to the church. Because I, not only am I talking about vision personally for you, but also vision for this church. To go back, where would I go back to? For the church, I believe if we're going to go forward, we're going to have to go back to the beginning. Because our vision has been blurred. The vision was correct. The instruction was right. But in this environment that we are living in, if we allow it, our vision will become blurred. So we got to go back. we got to renew our minds. we got to remind ourselves, what did God tell us? In order for us to do this, we're going to go back to conception. To the conception of the church. Now listen, I think I'm correct when I say this. DNA is given at conception. Father, the sperm, the egg comes together. It makes a what they call a zygote. And in that zygote is all the DNA that is needed to create this beautiful baby. It's at conception when DNA is given, when life is formed. Today, we've got to go back to the conception of the church. And remind ourselves what is the DNA of who we are as a people and as a church. Who are we? We find this in Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1 verse 4, I'll give you a second to turn there. Jesus, he's already been crucified. He's ascended into heaven. And now... He is giving instruction, or he hasn't ascended into heaven, excuse me. He's with his disciples, getting ready to ascend into heaven. He spent 40 days with his disciples. Before he ascends into heaven, he gives them some instruction. And this is what he tells them. While he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but wait for the Father's promise, which he said, you have heard me speak about. For John baptizes in water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire in a few days so when they had come together they asked him Lord are you restoring the kingdom of Israel at this time and he said to them it's not for you to know the times or the days the periods that the father has set by his own authority but this is what you're going to do this is what you need to be worried about you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, God said, I want you to wait, tarry in Jerusalem until you be, King James Version says, endued with power from on high. And, I, and that's an amazing thing that, that, that happens to them. And we read in chapter 2, that's what they do. They wait, chapter 2, verse 1. They go into this upper room and they wait. The verse, verse in chapter 2 says, uh, it says, and when the day of Pentecost had arrived, the King James Version says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were waiting. Who was waiting? I say they, but who was waiting? God was waiting to pour out his spirit. What was he waiting on? Well, we, we, we read that he waited till the day of Pentecost had fully come. See, God knew 
that this, this power that was going to be poured out would cause his followers to preach and to share the gospel with power. What was the power of the Holy Spirit for? What was the indwelling of the Spirit for? What was this day all about? It wasn't to have good church. It was to have a power to share the gospel with boldness. But there was a, I don't, I don't want to really talk about that yet. What I want to talk about is when, when God filled them and baptized them with the Holy Spirit. When did this happen? It happened when the Pentecost the feast, it's not a denomination, it's not a mo- it's a feast, it was a feast, the Pentecost was a feast, there was a festival, a feast going on that would bring people from all over the world as they knew it into Jerusalem. And it was at this moment, see God is smarter than us. How many of the disciples do you, thought, do you think said, man why are we waiting? You know Peter would probably say, hey shut up, just, just do what Jesus said. Then Peter probably says, I don't know. Why are we waiting? What are we waiting on? They were human, y'all, by the way. You know that. I know if I was a disciple, I'd have said, What are we waiting on? How many times are we going to sing this song? How many times are we going to pray? What, when is God going to show up? But he showed up at the exact time. When all of these people from all over the world as they knew it come into Jerusalem, and then in this moment, God fills the disciples, the 120 in that upper room with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they went out and shared the gospel, preached the gospel and lives were changed. The Bible says that he, that he added to their number daily those who were being saved. In this moment, this is what I want you to understand. In this moment is God waited. God had a reason for waiting because in this moment, he wanted this gospel to be for all people. He didn't. He was saying, it's not just for the Jews. It's not just for my apostles or my disciples. This is for everybody, every tribe, every tongue, every person. I don't know what they said. I don't know what preacher lied to you and told you because of the color of your skin. You, do, you can't understand the gospel and you shouldn't receive the gospel I don't know what preacher in church told you that, that the gospel is not for you because you got sin in your life I don't know who foolish, what foolish person told you that but let me tell you the gospel is for everybody the gospel is for everyone this is a whosoever will gospel whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord gospel if any man thirst gospel is for all of us for everyone This gospel, the glorious thing about this gospel is it's for us. No longer primarily to Jews. He tore down that wall of separation and division. And now this gospel is for every person. I've had people ask me, y'all churches, y'all... Y'all for, and I'm trying to sound as stupid as they sound. Y'all for drug addicts, ain't you? And I try to look as stupid as they look and say back to them, yeah. What do you mean are y'all for drug addicts? I, I, I'm for This church is for drug addicts. 
This church is for homosexuals. This church is for alcoholics. This church is for fornicators. Do you understand what I'm saying? This church. I don't know where we think now that church is for churchy people. No, the church is not a Christian, not a country club for Christians. It's not a museum for saints. It's a hospital for the broken and the hurting. Somebody give God praise. That is who we are. That's who God's called us to be. This gospel, this message is for all people. Here we see the DNA, the heart of the Father is for all. It's for all. He said, I'll pour out my spirit, but I'm going to pour out my spirit on you when all those people get to Jerusalem so that they can see that I am the resurrected king. So that they can see, yes, I have ascended into heaven, but I did not leave this earth by itself. I have equipped you. I have sent my spirit to live inside of you. You are my messengers. Oh, I feel like an old school preacher now. You are light in what men call a sin-ridden, dark world. You are light. You are truth. You are fire. You, you are the church. Oh, this is a building and we're coming together and we call it church, but I'm telling you, church doesn't let out at 12 o'clock. Church goes into the workplace on Monday. It invades the darkness on Tuesday. It is a force to be reckoned with. Here we find the DNA of the gospel of the church is that it is for all people to be preached to be preached to all people. I want to say a few things. First thing I want to say is this. You can belong here while you're becoming. I'm trying to get us to regain our vision of who we are. You don't have to have it all together when you come here. Is this church for everybody? It is. It's for anybody. You want to come here and you want to stay and you're still in your sin and you come back, come on back. Come on back. You don't have to get right to be a part of this church. What I mean by that is to be in this church and feel invited and to feel welcomed. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because I tell you, there's a lot of people that have heard this gospel a hundred times preached to them. But one time is all it took. It took one time hearing the gospel. And hear, hey, they could have heard it a hundred times before then. I've seen people come in and come out in sin, in sin, and leave in sin. But I don't run them off. I don't say, well, you got to get it or you got to get out. No, why? Because because at some point they'll hear God calling them and they'll answer the call and their lives will be changed. Oh, I can't change you anyway. Let me take a burden off of you. You can't change nobody. Don't even try it. He's not, he doesn't need a deputy. Jesus doesn't need you to be his deputy. Holy Ghost don't need a deputy to come in and try to straighten everybody out. I'm telling you right now, one touch from God, God touching you and you touching him, I tell you, will touch every part of your life. It'll cause the thief to steal no more. It'll cause the liar to lie no more. It'll cause the homosexual 
to straighten up. It'll cause the drug addict to lay down the needle. It'll cause the alcoholic to pour out all his alcohol and his beer down the sink. Don't tell me he won't. Don't tell me he can't. Jane, I remember your brother coming down to this altar. Alcohol had almost stolen everything from him. Am I right? Should I not share this? It's a testimony. It's already out now. It's his testimony. I remember giving the altar call. And I was telling people, as I do all the time, salvation is the greatest of miracles. There is no greater miracle than the miracle of salvation. And there were men and women around this altar giving their life to Christ. And as I was saying that, I looked and there was Tommy. We'd been praying for Tommy. He'd lost everything, his family, everything at that point. And he looked up at me. I was up here and he looked up at me. He had tears all over his face. Y'all were out of town. He was wiping the tears back. I was saying, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. And he looked at me and said, he said, you have no idea. You have no idea. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. What did God do? Since then, God's restored everything in his life. I I know it ain't you, but can you give God praise right now? I know it ain't your life. But could you thank God? That's the God of God we serve. I'm telling you right now, church, we've got to be inviting. That's what we started out doing. It's who we are. We are an inviting church. We're regaining vision. I want to remind you that's who we are. That's the heart of the Father. He invites all. Come. Come unto me. All you who are heavy laden, burdened down, come unto me and I will give you rest. He invites his, He invites people. Come to a table that I have spread out for you. He invites them. Come. And church, if that's the heart of the Father, that should be our heart as well. We've got to regain the vision of Remnant Church. The church. Back in Acts chapter 1, we copied them. We are living as they live. We've got to go back and do what they've done. And they understood that the gospel is inviting. And if we're going to be those who are saved and living for Christ, we, 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 we proclaim that that's who we are in church. We've got to get back the culture of inviting. Pastor, are you talking about inviting people to church? Yeah. Not just stopping there. I'm talking about inviting them to life. I'm talking about inviting them to hope. 
I'm talking about inviting them to joy. Should, should you invite people to church? Absolutely. Now, I don't pastor the church down the road. I, don't, I can't tell you about them. I pastor Remnant Church. I have no say in what other churches do, but I got some say in what this church does and the message that comes from behind this pulpit. And I can, take, I can make this declaration and be pretty sure of it. If you invite people to this church, they're not going to learn how to live a better life. They're not going to learn how to be a better person. They're going to learn about a man named Jesus. They're going to hear about a blood-drenched gospel. They're going to hear about a rugged cross. They're going to hear about a future that they can have in him. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'll preach the gospel to them. And I'm not ashamed of this gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. So yes, I'm talking about inviting. I'm talking about inviting people to church once again. Not just people that look like they might say yes. You got to be careful with judging people. Making, taking, having preconceived ideas about someone. Some of you look, like, look at a person who's all tatted up and you think, boy, they need Jesus. I'm going to go tell them about Jesus. They're, they're sinners. They got to be. Look at them. Let me tell you something. They may need Jesus. But whether you're covered in tats or covered in a suit. Hey, whether you're covered in tats or covered in a suit, whether you got piercings or you ain't got no piercings, I'm telling you, if you die without Jesus, you'll go to hell. You need Jesus Christ. We've got to be inviting. You hear what I'm saying? We've got to be inviting. We've got to be inviting. The, father, the heart of the Father is to invite. You can belong here while you're becoming. You got problems, you got addictions. Come. This church is for this church is for drug addicts. If right now, if you just got, if you're high or you or 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 you just come off a high, you've been up all night all or for a week, and you're you're you just you're here and, and you don't even know why you're here, I'm for you. This church is for you. This gospel is for you. Jesus died for you. If you're an alcoholic and, 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 and you're fighting with alcohol and you're putting it down and picking it up and putting it back down and picking it back up, we're here for you. This church is here for you. You're welcome in this church. We invite you. Your sin does not scare me. Your sin does not intimidate God. He wants to rescue you and save you. If you're a fornicator, if you're a cheat, you've cheated on your wife more than you've stayed faithful to her or the other way around, this is a place for you. This will make you a one lady man. This gospel. Lady, this will, this will cool your jets. Do you hear what I'm saying? This will cool your jets. This will quiet down your inbox. This will change your snap. Come on. This will snap... This will change the way you snap and chat and tweet. I'm talking, not, not, not us, not this church, Jesus. The gospel that's being preached 
you can belong here while you're becoming because I believe if you get here and you hear the gospel, that the gospel will do what it does. It will change your life. Can I get a witness of anybody's life who's been changed by the power of the gospel? Uh, let me tell you this. You can hang here while you're healing. You may not be able to hang with your family. You can hang here. You can hang with me. You can hang with me with all your hang-ups. See, I read, of a, I read of a Jesus who wasn't intimidated. You cannot. Listen, how are you going to reach people if you're so offended because they said a cuss word? How are you going to reach the lost when you can't even talk to them because... Uh, Oh, not the oh, not the D word. <laughs> if you're so scared of that, it ain't gonna jump on you. You know you're sealed until the day of redemption. You know you're saved and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You got boldness to walk up right in the midst of that conversation and say, "Well, how are y'all doing today?" Hey, you ain't got to, listen, you ain't, you ain't got to lay out three points to them either. You got so much, you got so much anointing on your life that you can walk up in a situation and walk up in a circle and they'll feel God on you. They'll sense the presence of God on you. They'll ask you. They'll ask you. They'll ask you, what must I do to be saved? We got to get back to the DNA of the church. They were a church who invited. The gospel is inviting. Now, if that's the heart of the Father, that has to be our heart. Listen, let me tell you who God has called us to be. God has called us to be a multi. I'm, I'm, I'm helping you get vision back for this house. I'm trying to reestablish vision in this house. This is who we are. This is who God has called us to be. He has called us to be an inviting church. He's called us to be a multicultural church. What does that mean? That means people that don't act like you. They don't talk like you. They maybe not have the southern drawl like y'all like y'all got. Not like I do. I don't talk southern, y'all. I don't. I'm from the north. North Ware County, Jamestown area. They don't talk like us. They don't act like us. They're not from the same country. God has called us to be a multicultural church. He's called us to be a multiracial church. I'm talking, what's that mean? I mean people with that ain't white like you. They ain't pasty like me. Oh, I ain't pasty, y'all. But Mark is. I'm like I'm like a I'm like sour cream with a dop of soy sauce and mix it together. (laughs) 
God has called us to be a multi-racial church. Uh, uh, people that don't look like us, they different color skin. You Hispanics and 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 black people and white people and people in between and Chinese people and Asian people and people that don't have the same. That's what. That's who God's called us to be. Why? Because we're inviting. Because this gospel is for everybody. Not only multicultural, not only multiracial, but multigenerational. What's that mean? That means old people, young people, and everybody in between. This church is for everybody. This gospel is for everybody. Oh, Lord, Pastor, what are we going to have to do to do all that? How are we going to be multicultural and multiracial and multigenerational? By preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said where he is lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. Preach Jesus. That's how you do it. Not preaching denomination. Not for the... Not preaching politics. This world is coming to an end. It's going to get more wicked. But the church is going to be stronger. It's going to become brighter. Come on, somebody. It's going to become more consecrated. It's going to understand its calling. And we're going to see more people come to the kingdom of God, more people come to Jesus than we've ever seen before in the history of this church. I want you to hear the heart. If you got time, I want you to hear the heart of the Father in Luke chapter 14. Jesus gives a parable. Go to verse 16. He told him, A man was giving a large banquet and he invited many. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who were invited, Come, because everything is now ready. Hold on just a second. Everything's ready, by the way. Jesus has done everything that he needs to do. The gospel is here. Jesus doesn't have to go finish one more thing on the cross. It's ready. Salvation is for today. Everything's ready. Next verse. But without exception, they all began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I bought a field. I got to go check it out. The next person said, uh, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I need to go try them out. Can you excuse me? The third person said, I've got married. I just got married. I can't come right now. Uh, so the servant came back and reported these things to his master. Then anger, in anger, the master of the house told his servant, go out quickly. Mm, urgency. He didn't say go, just and if you get time. You don't have anything else to do. He said, go out quickly into the streets, into the alleys, 
bring in here the poor, the maimed, the wounded, the broken, the hurting, the injured, the blind, the lame. Do you hear the heart of the Father? Here, here is revelation. That's me. That was me. Hello, somebody. I was spiritually poor. I was spiritually wounded. I was spiritually blind. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I was spiritually lame. He said, you go out and you bring them to my table. Master, the servant said, what you ordered has been done. I did it. And there's still room. Oh, well, praise God. Hallelujah. That, that makes me want to shout. If you look at all the time that has lapsed and the people who have been saved, and the grace that has been given and the freedom that has been received and the mercy that has been received it would be it would be almost a temptation to think how many more people can God save? How much more room is there? I want to ease your mind. There is room at the cross for you. There is still mercy. There is still grace. There is still hope. I don't care what you've done, how long you've done it, and who you've done it with. I don't care how long you've been in sin, how dark the night may be. I'm telling you right now, there is room for you. Somebody give God praise. I don't know why y'all don't want me to do this I'm going to do it anyway there's room at the cross for you oh there's room at the cross for you though millions have come there's still room for one oh there's room at the cross for you oh there is room at the cross for you are you glad about it oh there's room at the cross for you come on brother though millions have come there's still room for one oh there's room at the cross for you. I want to tell you, Mama and Daddy, don't give up on your children. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't give up on your children. You keep praying for them. You keep believing for them. Wife, don't quit praying for your husband. Husband, don't quit praying for your wife. Quit believe, don't quit believing for your family because I believe they're coming home. There's room for them. And God. I'm telling you right now, there's one who wants them to be saved more than you. And his name is Jesus. And he's calling them. And he's drawing them. <laughs> there is 
room, lift your hands. Half the cross, if you're thankful for you. Oh, there is room at the cross for you. I've seen them come, though millions have come. There is still room for one. Oh, there is room. Hide the cross for you. I want to tell somebody right now, your sin, you just play softly, Malachi, does not intimidate God. When I was in 2016, I was telling the 9 o'clock service, I said, I was in there praying that people would just come, that there would be someone there to preach to. It was right before the service. It was in 2016, March of 2016. And while I was praying, someone knocked on the door and they said, Pastor, they said, there's somebody here I want you to talk to them. I said, Okay. And well, we want to warn you, though, Pastor, before you go out there, this person, she's 15 years old, and she's high. She's been up. She's strung out on meth. And we just want to warn you, Pastor, I don't know if you've ever seen anything like that, so I don't want to kind of catch you off guard. I said, okay. I went out there on the side of the church and I began to talk to her and I began to ask her questions. 15 years old, living with a, an adult man who had kept her high. And only the vilest mind can imagine what, they, what she had to endure. And I was asking her a few questions and she was biting her lip stay still picking at her body and couldn't hardly talk to her I said I'm going to pray for you and I laid my hand on her and I prayed for her after I got through praying for her the people that brought her said well what, what do we need what, what do you want us to do with her I said, I want you to take her and I want y'all to go in that church and I want her to sit by you and I believe God's going to do something in her life. She came in and they sat down. I preached. I gave the altar call. The whole time I preached, she... if you've ever seen it, then you know what I'm talking about. If you ever lived it. There's people in here who's lived it. But they came out of it. Praise God. I said they came out of it. Praise God. And after I preached, I gave the altar call. 
she came down to the altar. Put the picture up. She came down to the altar. Her name is Caitlin. 15 years old. Did you hear what I said? One, five. 15 years old. I called her. I gave the altar call. She came. I didn't call her. God called her. She came with other people. Other people were there at the altar. I remember praying for her. She accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. I watched Jesus, y'all, sober her up in that moment. Just like that. She wasn't biting her lip no more. She wasn't shaking her head no more. God saved her. And he sobered her up just like that. Well, I don't believe God can do that. I could care less what you believe God can do. I, I know God can do anything, and I've seen him do that. And that wasn't the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle was the fact he saved her soul. So after I find, see what God's doing, I brought her up. This was in 2016. There's baby Bryce up there. <laughs> 2016. I'm telling the church the miracle that just happened. And then in this next picture, after I, after I told them what happened, I called my grandmother, I said, and the audience, I said, I want you to come up here. And I want you to put your arms around her, this 15-year-old girl, and I want you to hug her. And I don't want you to let go of her until all the shame, until all the guilt, until all the pain, until all the hurt is laid down at this altar. This weekend I had some time. I was out of town, so I wasn't here. I couldn't be here. I couldn't be involved. So it was good for me, and I was away. And I seen this, and it reminded me. This picture reminded me. I seen it on Facebook. It reminded me of what God done. So I had to find her, check on her, because she was only 15. Checked on her. And today, she's clean. She's sober. She's fixing to she's fixing to get married. Amen. This all happened though because somebody invited her. I'm reminded of the story. It went like this. They snuck her out of the house. Now that's want somebody to get saved, ain't it? Oh God, get our that way we get our vision back. They snuck her out of the house, gave her some shoes to wear. She snuck out the window. Got here. God changed her life. You ought to stand on your feet and give God praise.
and he's not through. There are many testimonies that have yet to be told. But God's getting ready and he is doing and he wants to do something amazing in your life. I want you to look at me. Look at me. Today, as a church, as a people, we got to regain our vision again. We will never be the fancy church downtown. And I don't want to be. I don't want to be. I'll never be, you'll never find me golfing with my buddies, my preaching buddies, talking about church stuff. I'm never going to be the head of some denomination. Don't want to be. I want to be a shepherd that smells like sheep. I want to get down with you. I want to get in the mud with you. I want to be with you. I want to fight for you. I want to lead by example. This is who God's called us to be. Do you understand? To be baptized with compassion and love for this community and this world. This is who God called us to be. I told you I didn't have anything to do and I was scrolling on my phone. Well, I Googled Remnant Church this week. I googled it. I want to see what popped up. Good, bad, ugly, I didn't care. And it popped up on Google. There, there the church is or whatever. And then that, there are some reviews on the church. Almost 100 reviews through Google. Thought that was funny. There were some bad ones. Oh, I did that make you sad? Mm-mm. No, because if there ain't nobody talking about you, you ain't doing nothing. Mm-mm. I read that one. That was funny. But I found one that really stuck out. It wasn't a bad one. It was a good one, and this is what it said. New to the area. A bunch of churches in this area. Met some people from the church. They were different. Oh, I about ran, I about fell off the bed, ran around my mother-in-law and father-in-law's house. The people there are different. That's what I'm talking about. Regaining our vision. We want to be different. Embrace the different. Embrace the peculiarness. Embrace His grace. Embrace that we ain't like that church or that church that God ain't called us to be that church. God has called us to be this church. 
And this church says, come. Yeah, but I'm a homosexual. Oh, come. Yeah, but, yeah, but I, but I, I got some stuff in my, I, I, I'm not married, I'm living, I'm, sha- I'm living, y'all know what you church people call, y'all shack, y'all, y'all say we shacking up, I'm shacking up. Well, shag on down here. You can belong here until you become all God wants you to be. Where did I get that from? From Jesus. The religious Pharisees, the religious people said, Jesus, why are you always hanging around those people? You're hanging around sinners. Jesus would look at them and say for it's not the well who need a physician it's the sick and I'll take my last breath fighting to keep this place that place This is a hospital for the broken and the hurting. I had a woman tell me. One day she came to the church and she said, before I could even get to the office, she said, Pastor, I'm that woman. I said, what are you talking about? She said, I'm that woman. I said, who? She said, I'm that woman you was preaching about at the well. Yesterday, I looked at her standing at the water fountain. I looked at her and I said, Well, ain't that good? Just like Jesus met her and changed her life, you're standing here at this water fountain. You ain't at a well, but you're at the water fountain today, and Jesus will change your life if you want Him to. Listen, your sin, your mess doesn't scare God. Today, Jamie, even though millions have come, there's still room for you today. Musicians and singers, would you prepare yourself? Come. I'm going to get right here with you. I'm going to get right here now. throw my shoulder out of joint to get my hand up here I want to ask you today there's one thing about it articulating in a way words that's going to blow your mind I probably won't ever do that there's one thing you're going to know there's one thing you're going to know you may not believe what I believe but you're going to believe I believe it And I believe it, don't I? I believe this. I know this to be the truth today. Why'd I show that girl today? Oh, I showed it for two reasons. Show you, you got to be someone who invites because you don't know that could be your daughter. By the grace of God, that could have been you. If it wasn't for the grace of God, that could have been you. It may have been you. 
I want to show you that to be to show you that we got to be inviting. Number two, I showed you if he can save her, he can save you. Three people came today in a crowd that's a little smaller than this already and received Jesus. Right now today, if you don't know where you'd spend eternity, if you don't know Jesus today, and I would say stop the moving for just a second. If you'd be respectful to what God wants to do, just hold on. If God is dealing with you and you're ready to give your life to him today. See, good words, good preaching doesn't save anybody. The miracle is that everything's on him. He has to draw you. I can't do that. God has to begin to wake you up and draw you. And it feels like that. It feels like a pulling. You remember when you got saved? It feels like everything's pulling you. At the same time, everything's pulling you back the other way. You feel that today? That's God drawing you. And I'm going to ask you right now. If God's drawing you, ma'am, woman, sir, come on, man. We hope that you're encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.